All right, Hare Krishna. Welcome back, all of you, for the Bhagavad Gita Study Circle. We are now in uh, the 61st session of the Bhagavad Gita Study Circle. We have been discussing Bhagavad Gita continuously, and uh, there are so many beautiful topics that we have discussed uh, all the way along till sixth chapter, and uh, many more wonderful things Krishna is going to reveal. And uh, today also there are some very interesting things that Krishna is going to share. We are discussing about. Uh, the sixth chapter, uh, the Dhyana Yoga, and Krishna is going to explain some very very important aspects of uh, the Dhyana Yoga today. So, as usual, uh, let's begin our session with uh, the pranam uh, mantras. Uh, you can all chant the prayers. Uh, you can kindly join your palms and uh, try to repeat after me. So, let me quickly share the screen, and all of you can nicely sing and chant the pranam mantras so this is the 61st verse 61st session and we dedicate this session to his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami prabhupada who is the founder acharya of iskon and also the beloved spiritual master of all the iskon devotees so let's begin our pranam mantras all of you kindly try to repeat Namaum Vishnupadaya Krishna Prestaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swamin Nitinamine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashyat Deshatarine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityanandha Shri Advaita Gadadhara Srivasadi Gaurabhakti Vrinda Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishna Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gauratvishenamaha Namo Brahmanya Devaya Go Brahmanahitaya Jagadhitaya Krishnaya Govindaya Namo Namaha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagadpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrindhavaneshwari Rishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vancha Kalpatarubhyasya Kripa Sindhubhyayevacha Patitanam Pavanibhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namaha Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Om Agnana Timirandasya Agnanan Janashilakaya Chakshurun Militam Mena Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha Hare Krishna, welcome back all of you for the Bhagavad Gita study circle. We have Uma Kumar with us. Uh, Uma Kumar, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna Guruji. Good, very nice. So, in the previous session, we had discussed some very, very important points. 
and krishna had clearly explained that how anyone who is not regulated in his eating and sleeping cannot perform yoga right krishna had mentioned that how anybody who is not very regulated in these basic things cannot perform yoga only one who can use a yukta karmasu yukta chestasa one who is experienced in performing very expert in performing his eating sleeping mating depending activities properly in a regulated way only that person can actually become a yogi because in this context we are specifically talking about astanga yogi so we are krishna is referring to astanga yogi so astanga yogi is has to perform a lot of regulations within his lifestyle it's very very important for him otherwise there is no question of him going and uh, performing yoga it's not possible at all it's extremely difficult so that is why krishna is explaining that how we need to have a balanced life we also discussed about how we need to regulate our work also we need to have that life, work life balance within us if we don't have this work life balance then there will be lot of disturbance and the main reason one of the main root cause for having imbalance in our work life is because the internal quality that is greed so because there is greed greed always tries to put us off the balance track that we are going and we become imbalanced in life and one more very root cause is the spiritual causes because we are spiritual beings but we are here in this material world that itself is a big imbalance so what krishna is telling is now you regulate and come to your actual balance life that is the spiritual life isn't it so that is what is needed but just like you know there are a lot of demands in our life there are so many demands everybody is trying to get our attention our body is trying to get us attention our mind our social uh, dealings with people that that also demands a lot of attention and then there is a spiritual need also so there are so many needs just like a car has four wheels we need to have these four wheels in our life what are those the body the mind then the social needs and at the same time we have the spiritual needs so only when all these things are properly taken care of then the vehicle of called life will move very smoothly and that is how we need to balance the balance is required so now krishna is going to explain something very interesting in the upcoming shloka so let us try to understand what is that krishna is going to say see many times when we perform anything we are always looking for the outcomes what is the outcome of a certain thing right so krishna is also going to explain what is the outcome of this yoga so let us see what is that uh, shloka so uma kumar you can uh, unmute yourself and you can chant this verse yada viniyatam chittam चित्त ट्रांसलेशन बाई योर सर Devoid of, devoid of all material desires, he is simply well established in your mind. Wonderful, very nice. Thank you, very good. So, this is a very, very interesting shloka. We should know this verse number eighteen. Krishna is telling that once you become situated, then 
in yoga then there is a lot of wonderful things that will happen what will be the outcome of it see any time when we go to a gym you know these days people we see that people do a lot of work they go to gym and they work out right now they have an exclusive time for that but in the olden days there was nothing like gym you know people has to go to a gym for maintaining their health and fitness and all those things was not there today it is required because people are not very intelligent they are not yuktaha but in the olden times in the vedic times everybody was yuktaha yuktaha means they are quite intelligent and in that intelligent way they used to have their work also intelligently programmed in such a way that work is also done and they remain fit also but today going to the gym itself is a very big business fitness is a very big business people have made a business out of it why because they are not very yuktaha earlier it was very easy people used to do a lot of agricultural things they used to plant the trees at home and see the benefit is by doing all this activities on field they used to remain fit at the same time they could enjoy the shade and fruits of the trees so it's a double benefit you are working your energy is not simply running on in front of the mirror but all that physical activity that you're doing is going to actually produce results isn't it so you are becoming fit at the same time you are also able to become uh, very productive is that not a very good way of uh, engaging ourselves so this is how we need to become intelligent in our activities so when you go to the gym why people go because there the instructor will say he will say that okay you need to actually do all these exercises because you can increase your height you can increase uh, you know you can reduce your weight and also you can have a very beautiful shape so you will be fit and final you will remain in shape so this is the outcome the height reduce in weight and also having if you are this much you will become this much you know the shape maintenance will happen so this is the outcome of going to the gym now krishna is saying if you perform yoga then there is an outcome what is that outcome krishna is saying here the outcome of yoga is not that you will become perfect in shape and body and all those things the outcome is that you will become distasteful in all the sensual enjoyments you will not have interest in material sense pleasures your response to material sense objects is completely low you don't want to enjoy there is no response you have developed a very distasteful response to all the sensual enjoyment that is the outcome of it and this is what we are supposed to reach the state of distastefulness for sense enjoyment by the way what krishna is saying here don't enjoy this material senses you have your spiritual senses if you want to get the higher pleasure then give up this lower pleasure this is what krishna is saying and that is why yoga helps us to actually move towards that so gradually what is happening is through the process of yoga the outcome is you are becoming distasteful in all these sense enjoyment so krishna is telling in this word that a yogi is not interested in all these things and this is exactly what we are supposed to come to the point of distastefulness towards sense object now this is yoga now many people when they go to yoga they only think in terms of fitness and this bodily shape and being in shape no this is not the ultimate purpose of yoga the ultimate purpose of yoga is actually we are supposed to somehow or the other come to the state of not getting attached or enjoying this material sense pleasure just see so important it is but today people they do a lot of yoga and this and that exercise and they are busy in sensual enjoyments so that is not called yoga so that is why Krishna is going to further explain very beautifully and I want all of you to pay attention to this because there is so much there is really so much that we can understand and you can implement this in your life also so let's see if Hina Mata ji can join although there is a, some network issue that she is facing but let's see so so mata ji can you speak just in case let's try okay no problem we have some uh, visitors here on youtube also thank you so much dev that you have joined there all right 
So let's do one thing. Uma Kumar, you have a nice, wonderful time today to chant all the shlokas, I guess. So you can unmute yourself again. And let's do this once again. The verse number 19, it's a very beautiful verse. Please uh, chant and repeat after me. Yatadipo nivatasto. Yatadipo nivatasto. Nengate sopamatmrita. Nengate sopamatmrita. Yogino yatachittasya. Yogino yatachittasya. Yunjato yoga matmanaha. Yunjato yoga matmanaha. Once again. Yatadipo nivatasto. Yatadipo nivatasto. Nengate sopamatmrita. Yogino yatachittasya. Yogino yatachittasya. Yogino yatachittasya. Yogino yatachittasya. Yunjato yoga matmanaha. Wonderful. Please repeat the translation. As a lamp in a windless place does not waver, so the transcendentalist whose mind is controlled remains always studying in his meditation on the transcendent. Okay, thank you so much. You can mute yourself. Yes. So, this is a very, very interesting shloka. There is so much to understand here. Krishna is actually telling us and giving us an example of a lamp. Adhya, yata dipo nivatasto, dingate sopamasprita. Let's see, what is this? You see, when there is a lamp, let us see this lamp. You know, you can all see this lamp here. So, <clears throat> the flame is unwavering when there is no wind. If there is wind, then what happens is the flame will get disturbed. Isn't it? So, whenever there is a flame, there is the disturbance there that is caused. The flame cannot burn properly. Right? So, similarly, when we are performing dhyana, when we are doing meditation, there will be a wind, there will be a breeze. Prabhuji, how is that possible? What kind of a breeze that can affect our consciousness? <coughs> so Krishna is not talking about the external breeze, but there is an internal breeze. The breeze of temptations, the breeze, the, the breeze of uh, desires. That is what actually wavers our meditation, our dhyana, right? So that is why it's important that we have a check and balances towards this internal breeze of desires. Extremely important. So just like there is this lamp now and in this lamp you see, if you completely take this uh, lamp, and uh, if you expose it to the place where there is a lot of wind, then there is every possibility that the flame will get extinguished. At the same time, if you take a jar, a gla glass jar, and you completely cover the flame, you completely cover this dia, and you keep it like that, do you think the flame will burn? No, it will still require some oxygen for it to burn. So, neither you can completely cover it, the dia, nor you can completely expose it to the air. Because by doing so, it will actually get extinguished. There is no question of the burning flame. Right? So, similarly, in yoga process also, anybody who is serious in yoga, you need to be yuktaha. Which means that it's not that you completely expose yourself to the sense objects and sensual pleasures by which your spirituality is completely gone and your dhyana is completely off track. At the same time, it's not that you have to completely uh, starve yourself from sense enjoyment. That's why Krishna also said Yukta Viharasya in the previous work. Vihara is there. Re recreation is there. But it is in a proper, appropriate way you need to enjoy. So that is how, just like the dhyana needs both, balanced way, it neither can be completely cut off from the air. At the same time, you cannot expose it to the full wind where it will get extinguished, right? So it needs to be balanced. So similarly, a yogi also needs to be very balanced in his approach while performing yoga. So this is extremely important, right? 
Now let us understand. By if you imagine now this lamp is here, just imagine that you have given appropriate environment to it. You have nicely made arrangement within the glass where it is not going to get disturbed by the wind. At the same time, very peacefully, very nicely, brightly, the lamp is burning. But just by keeping the lamp surrounded by the shelter of the glass that you have, is that enough for the lamp to burn? No. If the lamp has to burn, it's not just stopping the wind, but it is also about having the oil and the wick inside. If there is no oil and no wick, how will the dia burn? How will the flame burn? Isn't it? So it's not just the external environment, but you need to have the oil and the wick. So similarly, now just imagine now this lamp that you're seeing, the clay lamp that can be compared to a, your mind. It's your mind which is holding what? It is holding all the spiritual knowledge, the jnana. And what is the wick? The wick is your bhakti, that shraddha. So, when you have the oil, the jnana, and you have the shraddha and bhakti in your mind, then the flame, your dhyana is complete. The flame is the paramatma. The Paramatma will glow so brightly in you that then you will be able to see him properly. And you already have created a very nice fence through which there is no disturbance of your external desires, your internal desires. It is completely aloof. In such a situation, it is perfect now that the flame will glow nicely. Isn't it? So this is how we need to take care of our Krishna consciousness. We need to have the oil, the jnana, and that is what is happening every Sunday when you come and listen to the Bhagavad Gita classes. You are pouring the oil in your mind. So your mind is getting filled with jnana. And that wick that you have, that bhakti that you have for Krishna, that will slowly burn and then the Krishna will be visible to you. One fine day Krishna will become visible to you. Right? So now this is how we need to actually take care of our uh, sadhana properly. Now just imagine all the setting is perfectly fine. There is oil, there is wick and there is no wind. The flame is burning nicely. At the same time, it is uh, very much possible that in the lamp, there will be some dust that will get accumulated. I'm sure you must have experienced this. Whenever you keep some dia, some dust or some sticks or something like that will fall into the lamp. Isn't it? But just because there is dust, the flame will not stop from burning. The flame will just take the, make use of the oil and it will leave the dust behind. That is the characteristic of the flame. Just see, it will leave the dust behind. It will just take the oil. So similarly, the Paramatma who is like the flame in the process of yoga, while we are executing this yoga process, there is every possibility that there will be some dust that will fall into our consciousness. Some anarthas will come, lust, greed, anger, all these things might come and fall into our mind. But the Lord, Paramatma, is so wonderful, like the flame, He will take only our jnana and bhakti. He will leave aside all the anarthas that we have, that have fallen in our consciousness, that have fallen in our mind, that can be cleared later on. You know, when the lamp gets dirty, it can be cleared later on. So Krishna will say, no problem. Even if there are some anarthas within you, I will just take all the good things, your jnana and bhakti, and I will leave aside all the unwanted things that have fallen into your consciousness. That is the mercy of the Lord, just like the flame. That is how Krishna acts. That is how Krishna is so pure and so wonderful and compassionate that he takes only the good things from us. Isn't it such a wonderful thing? Just see, in this one example of Lamb Krishna is giving so many wonderful meanings. There are so many deeper meanings. That's why Bhagavad Gita, you can relish on and on and on. So much that you can understand through this. Right? So, Krishna is very, very, uh, you know, compassionate and he wants us uh, 
to progress in spiritual life in the process of yoga. So with this example of uh, the Diya, the Deepa, he's explaining us, don't worry, you will become unwavered if you have this process followed properly. One thing is you need to guide yourself, you need to keep yourself protected from all the external wind, at the same time the internal desires, so much of internal desires, you need to shield your dhyana from all of it. At the same time, you properly uh, engage yourself in acquiring a lot of spiritual knowledge and execute your devotional service. So that way, you will see that the Paramatma will glow in your hearts. So much Krishna is telling us. So this is very, very beautiful, very, very beautiful. So now with all of this, Krishna is also going to explain something very important in the next verse. Krishna is going to tell, okay, all right, now when you actually come to the state of not wavering from the actual path and you are now stable in your dhyana, then what happens? Then what happens? So let's see. So Krishna is going to further explain and let's see if there is anyone uh, else who has joined. So let me check. All right. So this is very interesting now. Please understand. Uma Kumar, you can unmute yourself and let's chant the very interesting verse that is 20th verse. Uh, actually 20, 21 and 22. All three of them are combined. So we will chant them together. Okay. All of them. Yatro Paramate Chittam Yatro Paramate Chittam Niruddham Yoga Sevaya Niruddham Yoga Sevaya Yatra Chaivatman Atmanam Yatra Chaivatman Atmanam Pashyan Atmani Tushyati Pashyan Atmani Tushyati Next words. Sukham Atyantikam Yattar Sukham Atyantikam Kamyattam Buddhi Grayam Matindriyam Buddhi Grayam Matindriyam Vetti Yatra Nachaivayam Vetti Yatra Nachaivayam Stitas Chalati Tattvataha Stitas Chalati Tattvataha Verse number 22 actually. Yam labdva chaparam labham. Yam labdva chaparam labham. Manyate nadikam tataha. Manyate nadikam tataha. Yasmin sitona dukhena. Yasmin sitona dukhena. Gurunapi vichalyate. Tam vidya dukkha samyoga Tam vidya dukkha samyoga Viyogam yoga samnitam Viyogam yoga samnitam Wonderful. So please read the translation by yourself. In the stage of perfection called camps or samadhi, one's mind is completely restrained from material mental activities by practice of yoga. This Perfection is characterized by one's ability to see the self by the pure mind and to release and rejoice, rejoice in the self. In the joyous state, one is situated in boundless transcendence of happiness, realized through transcendental senses, established thus one never depart, departs from truth, and upon gaining this, he thinks there is no greater, there is no greater gain. Being situated in such a position, one is never shaken. Guruji, right. one is not uh, visible. Guruji. All right, no problem. Shaken, okay. Even in the, even in the midst of the greatest difficulty. Yeah, even in the midst of greatest difficulty, this indeed is. Yeah. So, let me check that. So, here Krishna is saying that how. Yeah. This, this indeed is actual freedom from I, all miseries arising from material contact. Wonderful. All right. Good, good, good. Okay. 
So let us understand one by one now these uh, few important slokas. So Krishna is saying here in the 20th verse, Yatro paramate chittam niruddham yoga sevaya yatra chayvatmanatmanam pashyan atmani tushyati. So, yatra chayvatmanatmanam atma, atma, like I have earlier also mentioned that how this atma can refer to the body, the mind and the soul. Atma can have multiple meanings. So here, the very first atma, it refers to the mind. Atma, atmanam refers to the, the paramatma within. So when your mind is focused on, focusing on atmanam, pashyan, when the atma is having darshan of the atmanam, then atmanitushyati you will become very, very happy. So what is happening is, when you have an unwavering mind, you are very stable, then what happens is, you will experience in your heart an unlimited joy. There is so much of joy that you experience. So this is very, very special, extremely important. So Krishna is saying that a yogi, when he is actually enjoying he is least bothered about all the external things that is going on. That is what Krishna is going to explain in the 21st verse also. He is elaborating that. My dear devotees, when you are engaged in yoga, it's not a one-way process. It's a two-way process. I will also reciprocate. So what is he saying in the 21st verse? Krishna is saying that Sukham Atyantikam Yattad Buddhigrayam Atyandriyam Buddhigrayam Sukham Atyantikam. This is not an ordinary Sukham. You all have an experience of Sukham. When you have some uh, nice pleasurable things to enjoy, there is some Sukha. But this Sukha is not a normal Sukha. This is Atyantikam. Very very special Sukha. Why it is special Sukha? Because Buddhigrayam. So Buddhigrayam means it is a very special individual experience that you will get which is which cannot be explained so many times in spiritual life there are certain experiences that each one of you will get which cannot be explained to others it is something very special and unique to you so buddhi grayam it's a very wonderful individual experience that krishna gives to you because you are following a certain process of yoga bhakti yoga Krishna wants to reciprocate to you in a unique way and that experience is very very special to you. Buddhigrayam and Atindriyam it is beyond much beyond the normal Sukha that we get out of this material senses. So this this is Atindriyam. So that is the kind of enjoyment that we Krishna is going to promise and Krishna is going to give it to us. When you have an unwavering mind, you are completely situated in trance. This is what Krishna is saying that when you absorb yourself in dhyana, doing dhyana on me, then this is what you will get. So Krishna is very, very concerned for such a yogi because he doesn't want him to get distracted by any of the other unwanted things. Krishna is very careful. Krishna... He has ways to attract such a yogi towards himself. Just like, you know, when uh, in the... Just... In the train, when we have this uh, bogies behind, you know, there are a lot of bogies. And uh, the bogies are connected with that kind of an anchor, you know, which pulls the bogey, the engine pulls all the other bogey, but the bogey behind is pulled by a small anchor which is fixed to the bogey in the front. That small anchor, although so small it is, but you see it is so powerful enough to pull the bogey. You must have observed this. So wonderful it is. So Krishna, once you get connected to Krishna, he will not allow you to go off track now. He is connected to you in such a way that he will always take you in the track. Very, very beautifully. He will not let you go off track. Krishna has all these types of powers to ensure that the yogi will not get distracted by anything. Krishna has unlimited ways of uh, getting our, uh, you know, attracting us.
just like you know there are these five elements earth water fire air ether now each of these elements have its own capabilities own powers for example you take water now water it has the capability to drown anything you take one kilo of iron and you keep it immediately it will get drowned but at the same time you keep one kilo of wood on the water do you think it will sink no one kilo of wood will actually float on the water so amazing isn't it one material is getting drowned it is sinking and another material on water is floating water has this capability and water has the capability to float anything in a certain direction and it will take a particular object to from one point to another point you see water has the capability earth earth has the capability to attract things it has the gravitational attraction right gravitational force so anything that goes up has to come down because why earth has the power of attraction the you know the earth can attract a fruit on a tree the fruit will fall down to the earth but wind wind although wind has a weight people may not know this air also has gurutva gurutva means it has certain element of weight but it is not getting attracted the earth cannot attract it earth cannot attract wind wind will just flow air has another capability air can push anything most stubborn thing also can be uprooted by the wind that is the capacity of the wind the wind can uproot any strong things that is the power of the wind right fire fire dag 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 it will burn off anything you put anything and fire will burn it off that is the power of fire it will turn everything into ashes and then at the same time you see there is space now space has a capacity it has the capability to accommodate it will accommodate everything okay you oh, mercury you are a small planet okay i'll accommodate you jupiter you are a very big planet i'll accommodate you you see space can accommodate all the small and big things so similarly space is the capability to accommodate that is the capacity of the space element so earth water fire air ether these material elements can have so much of power then what to speak of a person the supreme lord who has created all of these elements just imagine now krishna is so powerful that he can actually push and pull and he can make you float and at the same time he can burn all our different uh, anarthas and he can attract us towards him that is the power of krishna he has the power to attract us but unfortunately what is happening is we are trying to always operate outside the range of krishna's attraction that is our misfortune just like you know earth is there earth has a gravitational force but beyond a certain distance you know there is no gravitational force you lose that gravitational force so similarly now krishna also has this wonderful way of attracting us but we always want to attract we always want to stay away from the range of krishna's attraction and now this earth's gravitational force i gave is just to drive across a certain point in reality krishna has so much of power that you can be in any nook and corner of this universe krishna can still attract us when i say we are outside the range it is not in the physical terms it is in terms of the consciousness we are not in the consciousness where we are coming under the range of krishna's attraction we are outside krishna consciousness so that is the way we are outside the range of krishna consciousness we are not getting we are not feeling the experience of krishna's attraction towards us so that is the problem krishna is eagerly waiting every moment of the moment is waiting for us so that we can look at him but we are not we are busy somewhere else you see this is what is happening with all of us not even a lava lava means it's a very small unit 1 by 14 time of a second is called lava it is so small that is a time unit lava but krishna for even for that moment he doesn't want to stay away from us but we are looking away from him that is a problem you see 
and in the 22nd verse again krishna is explaining that how when this kind of a yogi is absorbed completely in dhyana that state is called samadhi the final state of astanga yoga is samadhi so that is called trance so in that state of trance samadhi a yogi has completely lost all the external consciousness you bring big big drums and beat around him but he will not get attracted by any of those disturbances he is completely absorbed in samadhi he is not distracted by any of the unwanted things externally he is completely detached he has no external consciousness he has become unconscious of all the external things that is called samadhi and we can all attain that state of samadhi very much possible in kali yuga that is possible by chanting the hare krishna mahamantra hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 ram hare ram 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 hare hare when we do this chanting of hare krishna mahamantra we also get into samadhi a topmost samadhi just see so this is possible for all of us extremely important and what happens in samadhi it is like a private chamber you know i had mentioned earlier this is a private chamber where there is no disturbance of anything external wind or internal wind why there is no disturbance of the internal desires in state of samadhi is because krishna had explained earlier this body is navadware pure it this is the city of nine gates a yogi has completely blocked all the nine gates now in the state of uh, samadhi because he has closed all the nine gates there is no vyapara there is no dealings between uh, any of the sensual objects so what's happening is he is detached there is no exchange happening so that is why he is in samadhi completely lost of external consciousness and in that state of samadhi what is he doing by the way is he sitting idle no in that state of samadhi internally he is completely absorbed in parmatma he is constantly enjoying the blissful form of parmatma that parmatma is in his heart he is enjoying that completely that is samadhi he is just like i had told earlier that the lord has a private chamber the lord has a private chamber and that is our heart and in that private chamber he wants to interact with us he is waiting for that interaction but we are not reciprocating with him that is our misfortune so in that state of samadhi you can understand in this world everyone wants certain privacy either offline or online we all require certain privacy that's why there are privacy policies right so each one of us needs certain space some private space for all of us now krishna is always surrounded by so many devotees now although he is surrounded by so many devotees in the vaikuntha in the spiritual world goloka vrindavana still krishna wants to have an exclusive private time with us each of the soul he wants to have a privacy he wants to have a private dealings with each soul that is krishna's magnanimity he is so magnanimous that he can expand into as many souls are there and he can have a private meeting with all of us and that is what is happening with the yogi a yogi is having a personal interaction with krishna and more than the yogi it is krishna's eagerness to be with the yogi the supreme lord is more eager then we are eager to meet him that is the speciality of krishna that is the magnanimity of krishna this is what we are supposed to understand just like the parents of a child they are so fond of him they love him so much now the child grows up and gets married and goes here there and forgets parents sometime but the parents always think that the child should come and spend some exclusive time with us isn't it always away but sometimes they always desire to have the child come to them and spend some exclusive time only for them that is the desire right 
So similarly, Krishna being the Supreme Father, he is waiting for all of us to... We can give that exclusive time to him. He is waiting for that exclusive time from us. So why wait? Uh, why make uh, Krishna wait? This is the opportunity for all of us. In this very lifetime, we can actually turn all our attention towards Krishna. We can actually shut down all these uh, nine uh, gates of this body and then focus on Krishna without any internal disturbance. And it's a very strong force, by the way. When you are doing dhyana, when you are chanting, you see when you are chanting, there are so many desires. Although externally you may be very quiet in a very wonderful environment, but internally there is every possibility that you can actually get distracted by the wind of desire. Sometimes you are chanting and suddenly you get this thought, oh, I should go to the restaurant and I should eat something. And that desire is so powerful, it is so tempting that it will disturb your chanting. It will take away your attention from chanting. Right? So you see, all these different things are happening. There are wonderful things happening here. So, a yogi gets the ultimate benefit and that ultimate benefit is the personal private time with Krishna. <laughs> Just imagine he is the president of the whole universe and you are getting a chance to actually have a personal interaction with him. What can be more beautiful than that? So you should not lose this opportunity. So yogi is always enjoying. He is in a very extreme state of bliss. They may look externally weird, but the yogis are very blissful. Sometimes with the dadi and all the big beard and all those things, they may appear very uh, uh, not so good looking. Many times, you know, that's what happened to uh, this Amba and Ambalika also. Ambika and Ambalika. When they saw Vyasadev, Vyasadev is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Seeing his uh, external features, they got scared. So many people, they get scared of yogis, but they are so blissful internally because they are constantly in touch with Krishna. So, this is what Krishna has explained now. That how a yogi actually is enjoying. So we should never think that anybody who is coming to, uh, taking up spirituality or getting into spiritual life, he is going to lose a lot of things. He will miss a lot of things. No, it's not true actually. A yogi or any spiritualist for that matter is going to get a lot more enjoyment. Much bigger enjoyment. And that is what is happening with some of you. You said that you earlier you uh, used to have some non-vegetarian food and all those things. But today you have uh, lost taste for all that. And because you have lost taste, you are experiencing some higher joy, higher enjoyment and happiness. You are so blissful. And the more we do this, the more joy and happiness will flow into our life. Just stick to Krishna and stick to this process of chanting. You will see amazing things happening in your life. This is the process of yoga mentioned in Kali Yuga. This is mantra meditation. So let us do this mantra meditation every single day and you will see so many beautiful things happening. So my request is all of you please chant every day and wonderful things will happen in your life. So uh, today we have almost covered five verses. So I just, I'll just take up some uh, uh, Q&A if you have. So you can feel free to ask questions. And uh, you can ask on uh, YouTube because uh, or Uma Kumar can also on StreamYard. So if there are any questions, please feel free to ask questions. Guruji. Yes, Uma Kumar. Last time you told about Britarians. Uh, in internet I saw Guruji. Britarians means completely they are not at all taking food. Okay. Even liquid water also. They are taking only energy from sun. How it is possible Guruji? Yeah, that's a yogic process again, that how these people, breatharians, so these people have got tuned to it. Their body has got tuned to stay alive just on breathing. And that is what the yogis do, right? You know, what is the process of breathing now in pranayama? The yogis, they stop all the external uh, engagement. And they are just uh, living on the air. They are just on breath. They are holding on their life on the breath. On the prana. 
Because you see the body in the material state, in the material consciousness, it requires all these external things. But actually the body is getting energy from the soul. Right? Because if the soul is uh, going out of the body, then what happens, although you may feed with all the food and water and everything else, the body will not wake up. The body will not get energy because the actual source of uh, energy within the body is the soul. So, what happens in the process of yoga, you start getting all the energy from the soul. You are dependent on the soul energy and not the energy that you are externally feeding the body. So the body becomes stable. The body is sustaining on the soul's energy now. Completely. Without any external requirement of energy. So that is how these people, they just live on air. On the breath. And they take sunlight. Sunlight is good enough. That's because see the plants, the plants are sustaining on uh, just uh, sunlight. So they take the sunlight and they exist. So similarly, these people by the process of yoga, they just take sunlight and air that is enough for them. So that is amazing. But let us not try that because uh, Prabhupada has given nice prasadam uh, for us. So we can always enjoy nice prasadam. So that is the process of yoga for us. Bhakti yoga doesn't say that you have to take these extremes of controlling your uh, mind and body through this uh, very hard tapasya that is not required now in Kali Yuga. Some people have done it because over a period of time, for many, many years when they have, uh, you know, done tapasya like that, they have practiced it, they are able to just live and sustain on uh, breath and they are able to take sunlight and live without eating and drinking anything. That is possible only after a long duration of time. So, we can, as Krishna conscious devotees, have wonderful prasadam, we can eat nice prasadam, and we can at the same time perform yoga. Eating prasadam itself is yoga now. See, that is the beauty of bhakti yoga. Just by eating prasadam, you are performing yoga. What more do you want? Because that's why we say we don't eat prasadam. We honor prasadam. There is a difference between eating and honoring. When we take prasadam, we honor it. So, by honoring prasadam, you are coming in contact with Krishna. Because prasadam is non-different from Krishna. Chanting is non-different from Krishna. See, that is how Bhakti Yoga is designed. Bhakti Yoga is very beautifully designed. You don't have to get distracted by all these external tapasya now. These yogic processes are not recommended in Kali Yuga. Just sing and dance and have nice prasadam. That is perfection of yoga. And if you can do only these things until as long as we are living, that is perfection. That will give you perfection. Nicely singing in the kirtans, chanting your rounds properly and having prasadam every day. Only these things can actually help you to attain perfection in life. What more do you want? You don't have to become a Bridarian. Alright? Last time one more. Shall I ask one more question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, last thing one more device you told which is uh, they are going to come from Himalayas to Correct. Kumbh Mela. How um, you told they are going to dip with water? Yes. It is uh, very much possible again uh, through the process of yoga, these yogis, they can travel through water. You know, they can uh, take dip in the water, three dips and again, they come from Himalaya through Ganges. They take three dips at the Kumbh Mela at Prayagraj and the third dip they will not again come out, they will just go back to Himalayas through the Ganges water. That is the yogic process that they have. So there are many uh, examples like that in our uh, scriptures also. Srimad Bhagavatam explains now that how Kardama Muni, he travelled the different planets, different planets through mind. I mean just by his yogic process he created a spaceship. Now he created a spaceship which had a, a wonderful palace, it had a wonderful swimming pool and uh, all the facilities for enjoyment, everything was there on the spaceship and that spaceship could go from one planet to another planet. Can you imagine? Kardama Muni did this and many times these yogis, they don't need any physical thing for traveling, for commuting, just through the mind. 
the processes of mind, the strength of the mind, the power of mind, they can travel from one place to another place. And uh, traveling through the mind is much more faster than the light, the speed of light. Because mind travels much more faster than the speed of light. The speed of uh, mind is very, very uh, higher than the speed of light. So mind can travel and through the process of mind, it can go. Just, <coughs> just like when Gajendra called out, when he was in trouble, he was captured, uh, he was caught by the crocodile and he called out, Oh my Lord, please come and protect me. The Lord was in Vaikuntha, in moments he came. The Lord immediately on Garuda Vahana, he came immediately. Why? Because the Lord is even more powerful. He is faster than the mind also. So the yogis actually, they travel uh, through the speed of mind. And that is possible because they have experience. They, they, don't, uh, they are not limited by this physical body. This body of Panchabhuta. So they are beyond this uh, body of... They uh, use this body just like a cloth. For them, this is just like a cloth. So they are uh, least bothered about it. They do a lot of activities even without this. So that is possible. That is very much possible. And even now, even today, such yogis exist. So let us see some more questions are there. So Hina Mataji is asking, Prabhuji, Ashtanga Yoga is very difficult for us. You mentioned Bhakti Yoga is a method for us, exactly. Uh, but what is the essence of Bhakti? Can you please explain? So, when we talk about Bhakti, ultimately any yoga process you take, whether it is Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga or Ashtanga Yoga, the culmination of all these different yoga processes that you have to come to the stage of Bhakti, if you don't come to the stage of bhakti yoga, then these are just futile. Because why we are supposing we are doing this yoga is to link with God, right? Yoga means what? Linking between the Atma and the Paramatma, the Jivatma and the Paramatma. Yoga is to link. So now all these different yogas are supposed to bring you to the platform of bhakti yoga where you link yourself in such a way that you have a relationship with Krishna. Bhakti Yoga enables you to develop a relationship with Krishna. Not actually developing, you already have a relationship, you have forgotten that relationship. So it re-establishes that relationship with Krishna. So Bhakti Yoga gives you a special, uh, easy process of developing that relationship. Now, Jnana Yoga, Karma Yoga, you may get connected to Krishna in a certain way. For example, many people who are Jnanis, they are doing, performing yoga, but they have only the Bhagwan. Uh, they don't have the Bhagwan realization, they have the Brahman realization. Some may have the Paramatma realization. But anybody who sincerely and seriously follows Bhakti Yoga, he gets an experience. He realizes Bhagwan aspect, which is complete, the aspect of Krishna. So that realization is what uh, is offered by Bhakti Yoga. So this is speciality of Bhakti Yoga. It offers Krishna to all of us. Krishna becomes sold out to all the Bhakti Yogis. He may not get sold out for the Jnani and the Karmi Yogi. Because they are not in intimate connection. They are performing yoga. They are connected to Krishna. But that's not an intimate connection. But Bhakti Yoga enables you to have an intimate connection with Krishna. In either of the form, in the Dasya Rasa or in the Vatsalya Rasa, in the Sakhya Rasa or in the Madhuri Rasa. In any of these relationships, you can interact with Krishna. This is offered by Bhakti Yoga. It's a very special thing. So that is why Bhakti Yoga is the topmost. Ashtanga Yoga, it's not practical in this Kali Yuga. We should just forget it. We should not even think about Ashtanga Yoga. It's not possible for us. So Vinoji is asking, Prabhuji, what is the objective of Bridarians? Bridarians is because uh, the objective is maybe they want to save some food for others. You know, they don't want to eat any food. They don't want to drink anything. Maybe they want to save some food on planet because people are hungry. Maybe that's an objective. I think so. Again, that was speculation. So basically, some people have this obsession that I should be self-dependent. I should not be dependent on I should not depend on anything external. So maybe they just want to have that power of being completely independent 
independent in the sense that they don't want to be for their life for existing they don't want to uh, depend on any of these external sources they are just having that energy of the soul and they want to harness that energy and sustain on that because that is ultimately uh, the life force is what is giving us uh, our life for even to this body otherwise body is always dead from birth to death actually body is dead body is never alive what is alive is only the the soul but because the soul is in the body then the body is animated the body is growing the body is getting maintained but otherwise the body is always there so these people they think that okay if the body can be alive just with the life force then why should i unnecessarily bother about eating sleeping and all those so that is how they think i guess this is what uh, i think about the bridarians but yes they want to have certain maybe some people want again it may depend from bridarian to bridarian some people may think it from the spiritual point of point of view some people may take it from the uh, socialistic point of view where they don't want to or humanitarian point of view where they think okay i want to save some food for others maybe like that so many things may many possibilities are there but again we are not here to become a bridarian right so good very nice i like this interaction today and uh, uh, hopefully you all got some idea about how krishna is saying that samadhi is the topmost thing and we all should attain that state of samadhi because in that state of samadhi krishna is promising that i will protect you see if you see this verse very beautifully krishna is saying that uh, he is saying that i will protect you personally now this is again a very special thing in the last uh, 23rd he is saying that see last two lines tam vidya dukkha samyoga viyogam yoga samnitam so tam vid tam vidya dukkha samyoga i will see and ensure that you are completely free from any sort of dukha if you are coming to the state of samadhi when you become krishna conscious it is my duty to take you completely away from all dukha when this small little boy dhruva five years old boy dhruva went to do tapasya he was not eating sleeping even dhruva was for a month or so he was completely on air he was just having uh, his life maintained on air he was doing so much of tapasya and all these tapasya when he was doing the devatas you know they come to test many times when uh, all the devotees when you are all going to do a lot of tapasya now by chanting don't think that the devatas are sitting quiet they will come and test you are you really serious about spiritual life or not so when all these uh, devatas were going to you uh, dhruva to disturb him and to try to test him the lord told the devatas no 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 you don't go and disturb him because the krishna is more eager he doesn't want any sort of disturbance he is so eager to meet his devotee that is telling the devatas no no you don't disturb him so that is the order of krishna so all of us when you are all going to do a lot of tapasya tapasya will not come simply without disturbances there will be challenges from your own mind from external uh, some environment or people or including the devatas the devatas also will cause disturbances to you in your life they will come sometime to test you that is the important thing one of the important function of indra any time anybody is doing any tapasya very severe tapasya indra will come first and he will become very he feel very insecure oh what if this devotee will take away my position so immediately indra will get activated and he wants to disturb the devotees i did that for vishwamitra isn't it vishwamitra was doing so nice tapasya then he sent menaka so like that lot of disturbances will come from different levels but krishna is telling here in the bhagavad gita if you come to the state of samadhi then it is my duty that i will protect you from all sort of dukkha no disturbances will come to you that is a promise of krishna now what more we want you know krishna is promising so clearly in the bhagavad gita it cannot be more simpler than this krishna is promising this it is krishna's promise so 
take advantage of all the wonderful things that Krishna is sharing in this uh, Bhagavad Gita and uh, let's do this, intensify our bhakti more and more. In every condition, in every state of our existence in this life, no matter dukkha, sukha, whatever we are experiencing, let us not give up on Krishna consciousness. Just hold on to Krishna somehow or the other. Just hold on to Krishna. Don't live him. In any case, in any situation, good, bad, ugly, in every situation of life, just completely be dependent on Krishna. And Krishna will take care. Alright? So, with this, uh, we'll end today's session. And uh, thank you so much for joining. Although some of you were traveling and on the go, you are listening to the session. So, very nice of all of you. So, thank you once again. And uh, we'll meet you again next Sunday with some more new shlokas and Krishna is going to explain something very interesting again. Alright, so take care. Hare Krishna. If there are any more questions, you can ask in the group. Uh, Hare Krishna Guruji. Hare Krishna.